Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast now. Here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiqi. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Zach, we're here week two already. You know, week two is basically the middle of the season. You know, we're in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, we're already looking forward to week two here. Um, we already, you know, hopefully you got who you wanted on the waivers. Um, I got... Uh, I did get Puka in a couple of leagues. Uh, I did have him rostered in a couple of leagues too, which was nice. Right. I drafted him in one, and the other one I I picked him up like a couple of days. It was a deeper. It was like a fourteen team league. I just wanted someone to pick up at the end of my bench. I think I lost somebody. Oh, I lost a- Mark Andrews, so he went out, and then mm-hmm. I was able to. And I said, okay, well, might as well put him in IR. Who can I pick up? And then I'm picking up Puka over the weekend. That worked out. So I didn't. I, could, I was yeah. able to save some fab dollars, which is nice. Um, I, I didn't, didn't have to spend bother. too much to get him. <laughs> I didn't have to spend yeah. too much. Like in our league, we had together. I got him for twenty eight percent, or you know, which is not that bad, I would say. And you know, I I beat I beat you know, I beat the other guy by a dollar, yeah. which felt really good. Um, Easier so, you know, fab I, guidance. I, I, like did you you didn't, you didn't use that strategy where it's like on the tens and twenties and thirties, right? <laughs> you know, I, know you I did. It, it like depends the on the league. Number. You know, it depends on the league. You know, it's like you kind of know your league mates a little bit. You know, and and yeah. uh, this is the guy that I went to the Monday night football game with that I beat him out. So like I, I know him pretty well, and it worked out, man. My mind games worked. Yeah. You know? So did you tell him? You we, told him twenty seven, didn't you? I did. <laughs> totally I said, put hey, yeah, I, I, I said, you know what? Like I, I would put like you know twenty three percent on him. You know, they, yeah. and I was like, he's going to add five, and then I'll put one more. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that was a strategy. Um, we got a bunch of news to talk about, injuries to uh, to cover, you know, what to do with these guys who are banged up because there are a bunch of them. Uh, we're going to talk about matchups that we like this week um, and a couple matchups that we don't like. 
and you know just gonna go over a little bit of um you know what to expect in week number two okay uh i want to start with raheem mostert uh he didn't practice today but cameron wolf from the from the nfl network tweeted that it's nothing to worry about just the vet day so he will be good to go this week so no need to wonder if you have to pick up and start salvan ahmed you know or pick up devon <laughs> chain back up off of waivers Mostert is a solid RB2 this week against the Patriots. Uh, he should be just fine. Um, Austin Eckler has an ankle injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Josh Kelly was a hot name on the waiver wire this week, and if Eckler can't go, uh, Kelly would be a pretty solid RB2. A little bit of a tough matchup against the Titans in Nashville, uh, but uh, he should be involved in the pass game as well. So if Eckler is a little bit banged up, even you know any plays in this game, uh, yeah, I think Kelly should still be involved. So I think he's a startable. Uh, as a flex, uh, given how much work that he had last week. A little bit of a tough matchup, though. So I, I wouldn't have the same kind of expectations. But the run game did look pretty pretty good, you know, in week one. Yeah. What would I your mean, expectations be for Kelly, you know, if Eckler, you know, what it still plays, but a little bit banged up? I, I think it would be, like, similar to what we saw last week. I, I'm not playing at yeah. Kelly for his upside or anything. But, like, you mentioned, like, you wouldn't expect too much with him this week. Were we expecting much with him last week? Like, at this point, I feel like... He has the value where, you know, if you draft him or you pick him up, you're like sitting here like suddenly and he, you have a running back who you can start two weeks in the season. Like, that's pretty good. Josh Kelly, yeah. I was expecting him to have the role that he did last week. So the fact that he got that, now Eckler's banged up. I think that just makes him a safer start this week. I don't think he has any type of 20-point upside, but he's also not going <laughs> to leave you out to dry, I don't think, at this point, as long as, you know, Kellen Moore's usage, you know, the split between Eckler and Kelly wasn't an, aber an aberration. You know, so I think that Kelly's a good start this week. I do like the matchup more for the receivers against the Titans than I do for the running backs. But, you know, chances are you're going to need somebody. If you don't have Eckler, say you had Eckler and you picked up Kelly, like you saved yourself, A, from having to deal with somebody else getting that value, and B, now you have somebody you can start. And I don't think he's going to be a bad start whether Eckler plays or not. So flex, like you mentioned, ideal spot to have him. You could get away with him, I think as an RB2, but don't expect a whole lot, you know, in that spot. Yeah, I would say expect RB2 if Eckler misses this game. That, that's kind of how yep. I look at it and, you know, flex otherwise. Um, now, if we go to Green Bay here, Aaron Jones is not practicing as of Wednesday either. Uh, he has a hamstring injury, so there's a chance that he doesn't play this week. If he does play, I'm going to play him, just like I would play Austin Eckler if he plays. Um, if he doesn't play, uh, then A.J. Dillon would become an RB2 play. Um, yeah. AJ didn't, didn't, didn't look great last week, uh, but regardless, he's going to get the volume. Um, AJ Dillon looked really good like a couple years ago. Since then, uh, he hasn't been awesome. And the fact that the Packers were interested in uh, Jonathan Taylor and were given, you know, were willing to, you know, give away some. I know they weren't trying to give away Christian Watson, but they were trying to give away something, you know, for JT yeah. services. So uh, it's kind of interesting. You know what I'm what saying? If that was. Aaron Jones. <laughs> what if they were looking to move Aaron Jones in a deal? That would be interesting. Yeah, because you know, then so. you wouldn't. No, I doubt. But it. you would. But but you wouldn't. I I do think that maybe they were. You know, they understand Aaron Jones is an older running back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At least just a one-two punch. Yeah, I don't know. Just something to get Jonathan Taylor. It is interesting. He didn't look that good, AJ Dillon. So I, I I'm with you here. I'm tempering expectations with him, especially if Christian Watson can come back because Jordan Love actually looked pretty good. And I don't think that they're yeah. going to be relying. It's not like they're going to be leaning on the run game because their quarterback can't throw the ball. Jordan Love can throw. And 
if Christian Watts is back, there's going to be plenty of weapons in the receiving game. And if Aaron Jones plays, add that on top of that. Like, I don't see A.J. Dillon's role growing <laughs> in really any case. Yeah. Uh, and Christian Watson, you know, he's still not practicing as of Wednesday. So monitor his practice status the rest of this week. Uh, if you if you have Watson, you know, on your team, you know, this isn't the news you want to hear. Uh, if you don't have Watson on your team, you know, you have more time to trade for him, uh, you yeah. know, given how Jordan Love looked in week one. Um, while he's out, Romeo Dubs is the start, you know, out of this group. Um, it is worth noting that Jaden Reed, you know, had the same amount of target share. Basically, as Romeo Dubs, uh, Luke Musgrave gets a boost too. By the way, I have Luke Musgrave as a top ten tight end play this week. Uh, you know his combination of target share, air yards, route participation—that's that's what you want to see from a tight yeah. end, let alone a rookie <laughs> tight end. Um, yeah. So you know he was so close to having a huge day if Jordan Love didn't miss him. You know on that on that big route where he was wide open, all he had to do was just keep running. And Jordan Love kind of overthrew him. It was kind of, you know, a little, little bit of both of their faults. But um, it, like it would have been Watson like, what, a 50-yard, 50-60-yard touchdown, um, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. interesting, interesting stuff. Right. Like I said, like, Christian Watson had that same thing happen to him last year. <laughs> you remember the first week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's he true. lost out on a huge touchdown. Now, now it's Luke Musgrave's turn. But going back to what you said, too, like, the usage is ideal. I mean, that's what you're looking for. And we kind of saw this coming because – well, at, at first, when they originally drafted Luke Musgrave, we weren't saying anything about him getting his route participation. But then over the offseason, it looked like he was going to. And the good news is, even though he didn't have a huge day, he made good on that hype. So I think we can keep yeah. looking at him that way. And that top 10 is definitely in the cards. Definitely, definitely. Um, As of right now, you know, out of all of the rookies, you know, I probably feel – rookie tight ends, I probably feel the most comfortable starting Sam Laporta – and Luke Musgrave as of right now. And I have Musgrave ranked over Laporta this week. Um, and I'm sure Kincaid right. will get there, you know, at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, he came back to limited practice today. That's a good sign. So I, I personally, I'd expect Travis Kelsey to play. I mean, he looked pretty good in practice. Like he was yeah. running around, you know, giving belly bumps and chest bumps to everybody. So he, he looked like he's good to go. Uh, Kelsey. Somebody who's not good to go is Deontay Johnson. He's going to miss about four weeks potentially with the hamstring injury. Um, the question is, you know, does George Pickens become the guy in Deontay Johnson's place? That's going to be one of the biggest things that I look at, you know, over the next couple of weeks, right? And it starts this week, right? Is is yeah. Kenny Pickett going to give George Pickens the, you know, 25%, 24% target share that many people think that he deserves uh we'll see i for me it's a completely open question right um i i i'm not going to predict that this happens i'm not saying that it's not going to happen but um you know there are some players that i would say like okay it's his time this is when he's going to show it you know what i'm saying i just i I don't feel that way about george pickens i do think he could take the next step but Deontay Johnson did come off the field in this game. And the guy who was getting the targets was Calvin Austin, right? Right. You know, and then, you know, Allen Robinson, you know, as well. And George Pickens, too. So he 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 didn't differentiate himself, especially when Deontay was on the field. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it's something to think about. We'll see what happens. Uh, does George Pickens get a little bit of a bump? I, I think he does. Like, in terms of me making a start-sit decision, um, I think George Pickens does, you know, he's – I think he's more valuable 
in week two here than he was in week one, uh, you know, irrespective of the matchup. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But Calvin Austin, I think, is a sneaky pickup. Um, I think people will be surprised at how good this good he is. And on a per route run basis, he got the most he got he was targeted at the highest rate among all these wide receivers in week one. Yeah, and that's <laughs> you beat me to it. You know, I was just I'm about sorry. to mention the I'm targets sorry. per route run here. So just we'll go through it quick. Deontay Johnson, when he was on the field, 0.27 targets per route run, which was the highest of any Pittsburgh pass catcher. Then you have Allen Robinson at 0.18, Pat Fryer with a 0.17, and then George Pickens at 0.15. Calvin Austin came on the field and he had 0.23 targets per route run. So he comes on the field, he's getting targeted at a higher rate than George Pickens did, and George Pickens played the whole game. So I'm looking at this as, yes, does George Pickens get a boost? It'll be a small boost. But Pat Frymuth is, he's not going away. Allen Robinson, out of nowhere, you know, he got some targets. Like, this isn't just going to be stratifying towards George Pickens. It's not that simple. Because they do have quality pass catchers outside of him. And George Pickens hasn't really been a target earner yet in his career. You know, he's had flashy plays. But I'm not ready to call him a target earner yet. And I don't think you are either. He's not to the no. level of Deontay Johnson. And we said this coming into the season that Deontay Johnson is the guy when he's on the field and he proved it. He had seven targets, I think, and he came off the field early and no other Pittsburgh receiver had more targets than he did. So Deontay Johnson's the guy when he comes back, he'll keep doing his thing. But for right now, you can give George Pickens a boost, but you got to tap the brakes a little bit. He's not just going to be this sudden wide receiver one every week. And yeah, they did play I, I might not even, no. I don't even, I'm not going to rank him in my top 24. I know that I'm not, and who knows if, I don't even know if I'm going to rank him in my top 36. I, 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 I might, I, I might, I, I haven't gone through that completely just yet. And, and by the way, by the time you do listen to this episode, the rankings will be up. Um, yeah. But as of right now, I'm not there just yet. So, so we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm starting him. You know, I think he's a solid start this week. Uh, but I think Calvin Austin is definitely a pickup for sure. Um, I'm starting Calvin Austin before I start Allen Robinson, though. I will yeah, say that. You have to. Zach Moss is participating in full. That's good for the Colts. There's a decent chance he has a big role this week. Uh, if he's still available on your waiver wire, you should probably pick him up at this point. Deion Jackson had all the work this past Sunday, but he was completely ineffective. And Moss could just take that role over. Um, you know, who knows what happens with Jonathan Taylor? So he's a good add. I won't start him this week until I see what the split looks like, you know, but we'll, we'll kind of go from there, but he, he's a good add to like your end of, uh, to the end of your bench right now. Yeah. He's got a low bar to clear with what Deion Jackson did. <laughs> Evan holds out. Yeah. So if he's putting up three and a half, four yards of carry, <laughs> you know, he's going to be the one getting the touches and that's a low bar to clear. I think he can. And do that's that. exactly what Zach Moss has been doing his whole career. So I think he could do so, that. <laughs> just pencil him in. <laughs> He, 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 Zach Moss, you know, to me, he's a jag. What does jag mean? He's just a guy, but yep. he might just be a better guy that the Colts like over Deion mm-hmm. Jackson. We'll see. Um, right. Another injury here, Broncos tight end Greg Dulcich. Uh, we meant, we talked about this before. He has a hamstring injury. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to play this week. So Adam Troutman is a solid streamer this week. If you need one, this could be a multi-week thing potentially. Um, yep. He was running ahead of Dulcich already. So now he, could potentially see a near full route participation. Um, you know, it, it, and this is a could, not will, right? So, like, we, mm-hmm. we don't know for sure. 
But my guess is that they will. I don't even is Albert O on the team? Like I think they cut him, if I'm not mistaken, right? So yeah, they cut him. Um, that was a, that was in the preseason, he, I think. <laughs> yeah, he he didn't sign back to the practice squad, did he? No, he went with he. I think he signed in the Eagles practice squad. That's right. That's right. He's on the Eagles. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay, good. So so you don't you don't have to worry about that either. Um, no. So just a question, like. For me yeah. personally, I'm dropping Greg Dulcich if I got to get somebody off of waivers. Like that oh, happened already, but he's droppable at this point. I'm not worried about oh, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, He'll yeah. sit on waivers. I wasn't even, really I wasn't even talking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, this, was, this wasn't even really about uh, whether anyone's starting Dulcich. It was only significant because it opens the road for a potential starter in Adam Trotman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, right. you know, it wasn't even like, hey, like, I know you have Dulcich on your roster. You should, you know, don't start him because he's gonna he's injured. Like, <laughs> it's I don't not, know. Yeah, it wasn't like a mention of should you start him or not, but like the fact that we're mentioning him in the news, like for me, it's like I don't want anybody to get twisted and think like, oh, well, we're mentioning him in the news, right. and we're saying he might be back in a week or two, like thinking, oh, I'll hold on to him for that. Like, now you can no. drop this guy and you can circle back to the waivers in a week or two. He'll still be sitting there collecting dust. That's a great point. Don't worry, that's a great point. So if you do, because Dulcich is definitely rostered on in, in a lot on a lot of teams. So if if you, yeah, there's there's nothing to hold him for. If Adam Trotman goes away, if he gets hurt or something, then that's when we start paying attention to Dulcich. He has upside at that point, I think. Yep. Um, Mark Andrews, he practiced on Wednesday. Uh, he also practiced last week though. Uh, so let's see if he gets some full practices in this week before we declare him a go. But I would I would assume since he was relatively close last week that he would play this week. So that's 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 the hope. Right. Um, would you if Mark Andrews is out again? What is your confidence level in Isaiah Likely on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> not likely. Is he a, is he a top ten? Not likely. Uh, <laughs> is he a top ten tight end play? I don't think he is. I think there are other tight ends that you can go after, especially after what we saw last week. Zay Flowers is the guy that's getting a bunch of targets. And honestly, the Ravens offense kind of looked out of sorts and against the Texans. It's like that's not encouraging. The volume could be there, but I think if he was, he'd be close. I'd probably put him at like eleven or twelve because he's kind of he's burned people twice already in the games where it's him. <laughs> like the first game last year he scored a touchdown and that was it one catch one touchdown and then this year he has one catch no touchdown I, i'm not looking at isaiah likely as anything anybody that you really have to target at this point um zach are you forgetting the game that he played at the end of the year it, it was like it's like literally the only game that we could point to well not the only one but one of the only ones that we can point to where we said oh eight catches on 13 targets for 103 yards yeah, like that's what I'm looking at. Like, hello, you know what I'm saying? But Wait, what's more likely? What? What's more likely? It wasn't. It wasn't with Lamar. So, yeah, yeah that's that's, like that's, that's 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 the thing, right? <laughs> A little technical detail there. Too many um, puns, likely. <laughs> DJ Shark is back at practice too. Uh, pick him up to throw at the end of your bench once you know we know he's good to go. Uh, in case he emerges as the number one in Carolina, because that that door is still wide open. Oh, yeah. uh, there is a report that Darren Waller's hamstring injury can be lingering all year. The thing with this is, uh, if he gets treatment on this all year, apparently, he can be okay. Uh, and this is not something that's new. This is something that has been around for a while. The Giants kind of knew about it already. Didn't seem to be an issue. Um, you know, you're still going to start him as usual. It didn't really affect him, him in this Cowboys game. He just didn't play the whole game because the starters didn't. They just got blown out. Um, right. 
So he's, you're just still starting him as usual, right? Um, you kind of want to have a backup plan, though. You know, it's not ideal because I don't love to roster backup tight ends. But in this case, <clears throat> I think I kind of want to. Um, now, do I trade him away with this news? Like, you know, I don't know. You, you drafted him for a reason, you know, for that upside. This is not something – it's not a new injury, you know, and he's still playing. Right. Um, you know, not like not like he's out for these games or he's questionable to miss these games. So I'm I'm just going to ride it until I can't, you know, unless he has – you know, maybe he has a big game and then I have an opportunity to, like, flip him and another player for, like, Mark Andrews or something. Like, yeah. I think that's the only out that I'm willing to use on him. I, I, I don't want to necessarily – trade him away for a lesser tight end, if that makes sense. Right. Because the risk level isn't that high right now. Like, obviously, do you want to hear about an yeah. injury like this that's been lingering and could continue to linger? No. But he's going to play. And you can't take anything from that first game. Like you mentioned, not only did the starters not play the whole game, but it was a monsoon, and nobody was catching passes. Because <laughs> Daniel Jones couldn't even get it out of his hand. So I'm not buying into anything that we saw from New York uh, in week one. So week two is pretty much a clean slate. They got a good matchup against the Cardinals. That's kind of where I'd look to assess his usage because I do think that Daniel Jones is going to throw more passes and have more time to throw against the Cardinals than he did against the Cowboys. So I would just look at Darren Waller. As long as he plays and it doesn't look like, you know, he's grabbing at his hamstring every route he runs. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's going to be an issue. As long as that's not happening, I don't think you have to worry about him. And then you can cross that bridge of him being out when if you get to it. You don't have to, like, assume that he's going to be out and start turning your roster over, trying to make room for a tight end. Like, don't even worry about it. Chances are the streamers a couple weeks from now are going to have just as much value as the streamers right now and just a backup plan. So we don't like rostering backup tight ends. Like you said, just don't do it. Just have faith in Darren Waller until you can't because you drafted him high for a reason, and he still has plenty of potential. It's been one week. The Texans placed Noah Brown on IR. Uh, why is that significant? Because Tank Dell should see the field more. Um, you know, he could be a little bit of a perspective ad here if he's available on waivers. Uh, he looked really good in the preseason. Uh, you know, and we also learned in week one that the Texans offense is trying to go a little pass heavy here, you know, even in neutral situations. So there can be a couple right. of pass catchers that can become relevant on this offense. So like, obviously, CJ Stroud has to develop a little bit, become that dude. Um, but there is some room here to work with, you know, I would say. Um, I, and I think... It, you know, between him and John Mechie right now, I, I would, you know, give the edge to, uh, I, you know, I think Nico Collins is the one, the clear one as of right now. But, you yep. know, in terms of the number two, I would give the edge to Tank Dell. I think Tank Dell can get there. I like Tank Dell, I think, the most out of all the other guys, if you want to call him that. Like, there's Nico Collins and then there's the other guys. And I think if anybody's going to demand a target share at this point earlier this season, who's going to give you the most value? The soonest, I think it would be Tank Dell with this Noah Brown injury. You know me. I'm a Cowboys fan. I know Noah Brown, who who he is, the type of player he is. And I'm surprised he's playing over Tank Dell. But this injury should help accelerate the process of Tank Dell getting touches. I think he would have been getting them over Noah Brown in a couple weeks anyway. So we're moving well, up. You know, watching the Cowboys sometimes, man, like Noah Brown catches a ball. I'm like, all right, let's go, CD. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's Noah Brown. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was he really was getting, confusing. He, like at times, he was being used a lot more than you than you think he would have. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah, can, he's I can, being I can, used I out of necessity, see. not out of like oh, we gotta get this guy the ball. Like we had nobody. Yeah. We had Michael Gallup with three quarters of an ACL in his right leg. So it's like I yeah. think we're good. We had to use Noah Brown last year, and 
you know, hopefully Noah Brown gets better. You know, I'm, I'm not going to wish bad on him, but Tank Dell should have more value sooner than he would have with Noah Brown in the lineup. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's talk about this Thursday night matchup. Uh, 49-point total Eagles versus the Vikings in Philly. Uh, This Eagles defense is a little bit banged up. Uh, The Eagles are still favored by 6.5 points. The Eagles have the second-highest implied total for the week. So start all your Eagles. Uh, be a little careful with the backfield, okay? Um, yeah. We'll get there in a second. Um, I am hopeful for a good game here. Uh, the Eagles defense is without James Bradbury and their safety, Reed Blankenship. Fletcher Cox is questionable. I think he's going to play. We'll see. Um, but I think this bodes well for Jordan Addison, man. Uh, it's possible oh, yeah. that we see Darius Slay shadow Justin Jefferson again. You know, that kind of worked out well for them the last time that that happened. Yeah, um, and, and the advantage, yeah. I think, here... <laughs> ends up you know going to addison um now if you remember from the other episode he didn't run a full route participation in week one he was still kind of playing behind kg osborne uh but you know he earned the targets right in, in terms of targets per route run he was definitely higher than kg osborne uh does he see a bump in playing time in just a few days they just played a couple days ago you know i'm not sure uh but he, can he take advantage of this matchup while running on only two-thirds of the passing plays. He did it on Sunday. So I think he could do yeah. it again in this game in you know, what could be a, a little bit of a better matchup for him. So uh, I, I, w- I kind of look at him as an upside flex play at the moment. Yeah, I, I like Jordan Addison 100%. I think this game is going to be a lot better than the one we saw. I don't think it's going to be to the day, but a year ago. So the Eagles played the Vikings in week two last year in primetime, and it was a debacle. For the Vikings, you know, it, they scored seven points. It was just a terrible game. I think this game's going to be better. The Eagles aren't as good on defense. If Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne can have the games that they did last week against Pete, against the Eagles, then I think that Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and company can get it done. Jordan Addison will be fine. Um, it's also worth noting that, um, oh crap, the Patriots. Who did they play? Yeah, I'm mixing up. I'm mixing up teams. Sorry, that's my bad. But Jordan Addison, going back to him, yeah, he, he. I think he'll have a good game, especially with James Bradbury out, like you mentioned. If James Bradbury were playing, like I don't know if I'd be that comfortable starting him, assuming that yeah. the type of route participation he got from last week holds exactly. up this week, a short week. Exactly. Like I wouldn't be a huge fan of it, but now that James Bradbury is out, that makes me more comfortable starting Jordan Addison. Justin Jefferson is obviously a start. T.J. Hawkinson is a start, but Jordan Addison. I think this is going to be a better game than what we saw last year. And even though the Vikings lost to the Bucs, I expect more points against the Eagles because it, it, this is 
pretty close to a heavyweight NFC matchup, <laughs> you know, and the, and obviously Vegas likes the odds of a high scoring game here too. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the total in this game is 49 points. The Vikings will, you know, according to Vegas, they might be clawing back in this game. So yeah, I think I, I do like the chances that uh, Addison does his thing. Uh, Alexander Madison, you know, he had pretty good usage in week one. He looked pretty good, to be honest. Uh, he was a workhorse. He he earned that touchdown that he got us. You know what I'm saying? To say that yeah. day. Uh, but he did dominate touches. He dominated snaps, opportunities. Um, you know, as, as this offense has its good games, Madison is going to be a big part of it. You know, and if Fletcher Cox is out, he should be upgraded. It does seem like he's going to play, um, but something to monitor there. Um, on the Eagles side, you have to love the matchup. Right. Baker Mayfield did his yeah. thing against the secondary, right? Last week. Yeah. AJ Brown and Devontae Smith will too. Okay. And you have to think that Dallas Goddard is going to show up in the box score in this game. Right. <laughs> so don't overreact and bench Goddard. Okay. He's still like a top five, top six tight end this week. We have a one game sample size of him sucking. Okay. So he should be back in lineups. Don't get cute with it. Just 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 play him again. Play him again. Yeah. And don't you're right. Don't get cute is the exact way to describe it you don't want to just get mad overreact keep him out of your lineup and start somebody that's not going to be scoring high points like that's the worst week one overreactions are the worst you don't want that but the matchup like you said with aj brown Devontae smith is just perfect (laughs) like baker if baker mayfield is taking advantage of your corners like he was with the vikings in the vikings game last week like what is jalen hurts gonna do coming off a pretty bad performance by his standard you know he didn't play very well or as good as he could have, I think, against the Patriots. They're going to come in mad. They have a fast turnaround. They can get the offense going again. Like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, he scored the touchdown last week. And A.J. Brown, I remember it was like a couple of weeks into the season, he hadn't scored a lot of touchdowns, I think we were talking about. Or someone. I forget who it was we were talking about. It was A.J. Brown, and then he had the three-touchdown game. Yes, that's it. So, I'm not saying it's going to happen that quickly, but this is the matchup to do it in. <laughs> you know, the Vikings have a terrible <laughs> pass defense. Kenny Gainwell's out of this game. Okay, he's not playing. I know a lot of you guys picked him up, but if you listen to the sep- the show, then you know that he was banged up with a rib injury. Um, do I want to start Swift? Not really, uh, but I-, I will if I'm weak at running back. If I'm weak at the flex, uh, I definitely he definitely provides upside. You know, he has mm-hmm. zero floor. Uh, Boston Scott's going to get some run. We know that Rashad Penny will likely be active and, and get some run as well. Uh, if I had to bet on who gets the most run, it's the guy who had the second most snaps on Sunday. Uh, you know, that's DeAndre Swift. How, how, yeah. how are you? Are you? Are you? How confident from a scale of one to ten are you in throwing DeAndre Swift in your lineup this week? Whether you know, let's say as your flex play, four and a half on a scale mm. of one to ten. I'm gonna go four and a half, just under like. I feel good, but there's also a way that he scores very low. Like, I think there's a better chance that we just end up seeing a guy like Boston Scott or Rashad Penny. They end up becoming the early down roll guy, and DeAndre Swift is still relegated to just receiving work, and he doesn't get a whole lot of that because A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are going to be doing their thing, and Jalen Hurts is going to be moving the ball with his legs. I'm not huge on DeAndre Swift this week, but there's definitely upside. You can't deny it because without Kenny Gamewell, I mean, they traded for DeAndre Swift. You have to imagine, you know, this is why they have him, that he's going to be able to play both roles. I don't see it happening, but I'm okay, especially if I'm bad at running back. Like, if I have to choose between DeAndre Swift and Brian Robinson, 
I, I would play DeAndre Swift. That's where I'm at with it. I think I might play Brian Robinson. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Brian Robinson was <laughs> saved by that touchdown. Like I, I'm, I don't want to count on that. Like DeAndre Swift. I hear I, that. If you want to do a true upside play, like why the heck not? I think that you got a better shot with DeAndre Swift at having a bigger game than Brian Robinson. 100. That's I hear me. you, man. All right, let's let's talk about a few other matchups uh, to highlight here. Um, the games that should be high scoring, okay, according to Vegas, obviously the Thursday night game. Um, yep. Chiefs Jaguars, fifty one point total. Like that's going to be another good one. The Chiefs have the third highest implied total on the week. The Jaguars have the eighth highest implied total. Uh, Seahawks Lions, forty seven point over under. Uh, Raiders Bills uh, at forty seven points. The Bills have the single highest implied total on the week uh despite having a terrible week one but they are going up against the raiders they're going from the jets one of the best defenses if not the best defense in the league to the bit to, to the raiders um I, and i said that for a reason zach uh the way i did just now yeah uh dolphins patriots <laughs> 46 and a half the Dolphins have the sixth highest implied total in the week. Patriots have the twelfth highest. Um, the, just the overall highest implied totals for teams: 49ers are fourth, Lions are fifth, Dolphins are sixth, Bengals are seventh, Chargers are tied for eighth. Um, it's going to be hard to come by fantasy points in that Jets Cowboys game. Uh, you know, two of the most impressive defenses, right? Right. What yeah. is going to give in this game? All right, so. I'm going to start with the Jets. You know, they had pretty much a perfect game on defense. That was Monday night against the Bills. Besides the fact that Stefan Diggs got loose, he had a big game. So the Jets have Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed on the outside. So how did Stefan Diggs end up with 100 yards on 10 catches with a touchdown? Like, the answer is he didn't stick to any one side, and he moved around the formation a lot. So the Jets, they don't move Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed around at all. Like, both of them played. Tons of their snaps at one spot. So Sauce Gardner played 94% of his snaps on the left side. Reed played 96% of his snaps on the right side. And Michael Carter, three, not not three, two, he was in the slot 95% of the time. So who's the easiest matchup out of those three? It's Michael Carter. And is it any coincidence that Stefan Diggs played the majority of his snaps in the slot? I don't think so. Essentially, the Bills just kept moving their top weapon away from Sauce as much as they could. You know, he ran just 17% of snaps lined up on his side. That's exactly what the Cowboys have to do. They want to see CD Lamb have a big game, and they can capitalize with Lamb playing away from the Jets' top corners. It kind of plays right in their hand because Lamb played a very high share of his snaps from the slot in week one, 78%. So getting him targets against Michael Carter is a way to production for Lamb and the Cowboys' offense. So if somebody's going to be scoring points on Sunday, it's going to be Lamb. But if Brandon Cooks, I don't know if you saw this report, he's dealing with a little bit of a knee injury. If he's out or he's limited, we could see Lamb line up on the outside more often and then things could get a little messy because there's not a whole lot of people in the receiving game outside of C.D. Lamb right now that I would trust against Sauce Gardner and and D.J. Reed. Flip to the other side. Dallas has their own dynamic duo at corner. Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs. The Cowboys' M.O. is to get you in the second and third and long and then let the pass rush just eat you alive. The only way to beat that is through a solid run game, and luckily the Jets have that. Like, Brees Hall, he looks stupidly good Monday night. Dalvin Cook is exactly what the Jets needed to spell him to make their ground game work. They're one of the best backfield duos in the NFL. The path to fantasy success with the Jets 
not through Zach Wilson. It's not through the Jets receivers. It's the running backs. So Aaron Rodgers is out. Passing game is never going to be anything close to what it could have been. The Giants were really kind of successful running the ball against the Cowboys in their first drive before everything kind of went downhill. You know what I'm talking about. But the Jets have the tools to run the ball right at the Cowboys defense. They actually allowed the ninth most rushing yards per game last year. Zach Wilson isn't going to pass on the Cowboys, so the only way to get moving on the offense is to run through them. If they can't get the ground game going, it's going to be a long day. So if you want fantasy points scored in this game, they're two tough defenses. It's going to be C.D. Lamb operating out of the slot or the running backs for the Jets. If the Jets can get the run game going, like I'm actually worried about this as a Cowboys fan. Yeah, and it's going to be tough, man, because with Zach Wilson, they're probably going to stack the box. Um, this is going to be a, it's going to be kind of tough. The Bills were kind of doing that too, but you know they don't have the same personnel that the Cowboys have, right? So this, right. this might be a long day for the Jets, man. And Zach it could Wilson, be a long we'll day see. For the Cowboys, like I'm actually worried about it because if Brandon Cooks doesn't play, like they're going to be able to key in on CD Lamb. They can't have CD Lamb running in the slot 78 percent of the time if somebody isn't on the outside, outside of Michael Gallup or Jalen Culver would be his replacement. I think they can. I think they can, and I think they will. You know, you know, I, I love when coaches do this, and you don't see it that often where, you know, Stefan Diggs is not a slot receiver. He's a perimeter right. wide receiver. Yet, they went into this game, and he played, he ran 50% of his routes from the slot. So, yeah. like, why don't coaches do that more? You know what I I'm saying? Know. It's like, <laughs> I don't, I never, I never really understood it. Like, why yeah. did DJ Moore run all, primarily on the outside last week? I don't know, you know, and we yeah, have. To deal with, so you have to suck up Jair Alexander because there's nobody else in the passing game for the, for the Bears. I don't know. It and doesn't make a lot two of targets. Sense. Exactly, like, it doesn't wow. help the offense. <laughs> it's just you know getting one, one of your best playmakers and giving him the hardest matchup. It makes no sense. That that's my. Are you, concern. Start, are, are you starting Brees Hall this week? I honestly would, because Dallas isn't that good against the run. If the Jets listen to what I just said the way to beat the Cowboys is to run the ball, then yes. I, I think Brees Hall is startable as a low-end RB2, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has a big game. If that's what's keeping the Jets in it. the game with the Cowboys, they're going to keep doing it. Are you benching Garrett Wilson? Depends. In favor of who? <laughs> is he a top 18 wide receiver. Is he a top 24 wide receiver was, this week? Okay, that's funny because you said 18 first, and that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say he's a top 18 wide receiver. Okay, he has Let's be in the middle. Okay. We'll say he's top 20. But okay. he's one of the lower ceiling guys at that. It's going to be a volume game if he does catch because Zach Wilson, just, he's not going to be able to make enough plays downfield that Aaron Rodgers would have for him to cash in on what he would have you know, done with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So, you don't want to keep living in the past, be like, well, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's gone. We're not going to ever see Garrett Wilson play well, but that ceiling is a lot lower. So that makes him top 20. And that's what I'm kind yeah. of expecting for him the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I do have him as a top 18 guy. He's probably going to, you know, reside around wide receiver 17 ish for the week. That's kind of where I'm going to have him around there for this week. That's kind of, yeah, for this week. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be after guys like DK Metcalf, like around that that range, basically. Yeah, around DK guys Metcalf like... kind of has a similar issue where Geno Smith didn't look that good. So yeah. <laughs> the yeah, there's no, questions there's questions at quarterback for elite talent. Yeah. 
At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There are a few matchups that I want to talk about. Uh, Nico Collins is one of them going up against the Colts this week. We saw the Jaguars passing game do their thing against them last week. And and it is Trevor Lawrence, right? And some very talented wide receivers. But they have a couple of undrafted corners on the outside. So, you know, Zay Jones was able to take advantage, right? Again, in week one, Nico Collins, 26% target share, 64% air yard share. That was the highest among all wide receivers. 15-yard average depth of target, so he's being targeted down the field. You know, this is matching what we saw in the preseason with the first team, right? So this isn't coming out of nowhere. Uh, you know, right. they were a pass-heavy team, right? I, I know they went down in this game, but even when it was close early, they were a pass-first team, right? They weren't just trying to establish the run game. Um, the Colts gave up the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers last week. So, you know, I like Nico as a, a wide receiver three with upside this week. Yeah, I actually had him in my notes too. I didn't like put together a whole spiel on Nico Collins, but he was one of those matchups I was looking at as like, yeah, this looks good. Dallas Flowers is a guy he's supposed to go against. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I think we mentioned him on the podcast already once before, which is pretty funny. But Nico Collins, yeah, you look at the target share, that's all you got to really know. I mean, Robert Woods, if you had to pick between Robert Woods and Nico Collins, who's going to replicate the target share that they got last from last week? you're going to say it's Nico Collins every single time. It's yeah. pretty much like we outlined earlier in, in the show. It's Nico Collins and then everybody else. And Tank Dell, I think, can come out of that group and be a contributor. But until that happens, like CJ Stroud's looking downfield and he's finding Nico Collins. So you called it out in the offseason. It looks like he's making good so far. He's, he's definitely worth a start 100% this week. Now, would I venture as far as say Nico Collins over Garrett Wilson? No. Would you? <laughs> would I don't you think so? No, um, I don't think so. I love but, I love myself some Nico, but yeah. I can't see myself sitting Gary Wilson for him. Not there yet. Not there yet. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna get there. Now the, these these okay. So these numbers that I just mentioned here, these are like wide receiver one peripherals type opportunity. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like that's what that is. Now will the talent meet that? We'll see. I I, I don't yeah. think it will. But he could have one of those type of seasons where, you know, you know, he performs on this type of opportunity. So we'll see. We'll see where yeah. that ends up. You never know. 
<laughs> are, are there any other matchups that that you wanted to highlight just just overall and, and we, we can kind of skip all over the place um you know just wanted to you know in this episode we really wanted to just kind of highlight a couple guys that we like and, and, and didn't like yeah i mean i'm kind of looking at terry mclaurin <laughs> and this is interesting because you know this is the bank not bank broncos defense we're talking about but denver he's not they're not going to be able to let patrick Sertain shadow terry mclaurin or jahan dodson you know they're gonna have to move him around somehow because there's two good wide receivers in this offense and that means mclaurin is going to see coverage from the have nots in denver secondary the guys that allowed jacoby myers to score two touchdowns last week it's damari mathis is the guy that i'm looking at looks like it's gonna be a good matchup howell didn't look great against the cardinals but that that's like a little concerning but you give him the benefit of the doubt after what we saw from him in the preseason commanders have a strong defense of their own I don't think any team's running away with this. It's going to be plenty of competitive. The game script will be optimal for Terry McLaurin to get some work done. I think that he can have a good week this week. So I, I like that one. Then there's I, other guys. Like- I don't know, man. I don't know if I agree with that, dude, because I think Pat Sertan is going to shadow Terry McLaurin here. I think that's really? just going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I do. And and I kind of like Jahan Dotson this week because of that. And I know I liked him last week, too. But – yeah, Again, I did the wide receiver two for the Raiders did his thing against the Broncos last week. You know, Pastor Ten did a really, really good job against Devonta Adams, right? Yep. That allowed Jimmy to shift his focus to another good wide receiver in Jacoby Myers. And we could see something similar this week. Uh, you know, if Sertan chooses to shadow Terry McLaurin, I, I don't think he makes that decision. Right. <laughs> his coaches do, but I think they're <laughs> yeah, going to make the decision be out to shadow McLaurin. <laughs> Yeah, let me shadow him. I think we need to get some of that in here. And just leave yeah. his one side completely wide open. There's three wide receivers. He follows <laughs> one guy across the field in motion. That'll be funny. Now, the Hots uh the Hudson. I I, I did Hot- it again. I did it again. The Hudson. I, I I can't stop doing that. But uh Jahan Dotson. Uh he he earned a twenty five percent target share, thirty-three percent air yard share last week. That led the team by far. So I, I think he could have a solid performance this week. Okay, I, and I think that, you know, I, I know that a lot of people view Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson kind of equally. I, mm-hmm. I don't think the rest of the NFL views it that way. I think they view Terry McLaurin as the legit wide receiver one on that team, and I think they're going to treat him that way. So now, because of that, I'm going to treat Jahan Dotson as a, a solid wide receiver three this week. Yeah, you got me, because I'm going to say I view Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson very similarly. Maybe that's just yeah. a Cowboys fan of me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that. I, I I see like Terry McLaurin fits more of the profile of an X than maybe Jahan Dotson. But I, I think from what they contribute, I think they're very similar. So you could be on the side. Listen, man, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to stand pack on on my belief that Terry McLaurin is a much better receiver than Jahan Dotson is right now. Like Terry McLaurin is on the level of, you know, some of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, but. He just hasn't had the quarterback play to match. And he has one of those problems right now. Um, he has like an A.J. Brown type of problem. I don't think he's as good as A.J. Brown. He's been living with an A.J. Brown not, type problem. <laughs> he's closer to A.J. Brown than he is than Jahan Dotson is to Terry McLaurin. But that, that, that's how I view these guys. You know? I, okay. He, he's he's I closer you. to the know, elite. Would, Terry McLaurin yeah. is closer to the elite level than Jahan Dotson is to... Terry McLaurin. That's 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 and and I think that's going to prove itself out. You know, with the toe injury that he had, he sustained. I, I think it's still going to be an issue for him. 
Um, and I still think regardless of that, he's still going to get the, the Patrick Sertan treatment this week. So, so we'll see. Right. We'll see. Now, yep. there are a few other shadow situations this week. Uh, Drake London versus Jair <laughs> Alexander. That could potentially happen. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, man! Uh, now Alexander. Now I, I wasn't expecting Jair to shadow DJ Moore last week, but he yeah. did uh, when he was on the outside. He didn't follow him into the slot, but he did. Um, and London doesn't play the slot at all, <laughs> right? So he's no. basically outside on <laughs> every play. So, so given the fact that you know he just gave you nothing last week, you know this matchup is not one where I want to put him back in my lineup. And this will be the week where he has a, a decent day. You know, suddenly yes, they'll be throw, suddenly they'll good. start throwing at Drake London just incessantly. <laughs> Nine, London, ten targets, seven catches, eighty-eight yards, and a touch. That's yeah. happening. I don't know. Jair Alexander, <laughs> he shut DJ Moore down. But I'm just saying, like Desmond Ritter is not an upgrade in any way, shape, or form over Justin Fields in the passing game. So <laughs> I don't like the way hey, he man. was used. And now Justin. you have a bad matchup. Could it be back-to-back yep. eggs? <laughs> to start 2023. Justin Fields, can you imagine, dude? Two zero-point games. Um, Justin Fields um did not make a good case though for that passing game to improve this year in that game. Yeah. I, I watched that game again, you know, just the just the throws. And it, it wasn't great. Um, you know, I, I it's almost like they didn't have an answer for the defense, you know? Yeah. Well, what um, was what if you watch again, what was one thing that stuck out to you? I want to see if we're on the same page. Did anything stick out to you about yeah. the passing game? He was late. He was late on throws. That was that was the main thing for me. Um, right. Where the the receiver would run the route, and it's almost like he turns his head way too late to his next read. Um, and once yeah. he does that, he kind of he kind of has to scramble around at that point, um, and he holds on to the ball too long. So yeah, there were there were, and not only that, um, just a little inaccurate where. The receiver, once he gets to the, and it's kind of similar, I guess. But once the once the receiver gets to the top of the route, he's just not releasing the ball, and right. you know the receiver could create a little separation there. Like DJ Moore was open on a couple plays, um, especially when that's, he was running out of the spot. Yeah, that's what I was getting. Like he seemed like he was afraid to throw deep. <laughs> you know, like he right, didn't want right. to. And it's if he's just going to be thrown short the whole time, like. <laughs> that's not good and it's it's interesting to touch on that because justin fields that was supposed to be like he got the receiver you know they were supposed to be moving more towards the pass he was supposed to take that next step we saw it the connection in camp apparently and it, they just got shut down <laughs> by the packers so it really interesting i don't know what to expect like justin fields the rushing production wasn't even there <laughs> it was it was a weird weird game this packers defense isn't even that good to be honest you know, nah. so I'm I'm a little worried about the Bears' offense right now. I'm hoping they can bounce I, back I would be. though, and I think Justin Fields think can, can too, from a fantasy perspective. You know, oh, yeah. um, he didn't need the passing yards last year when he was a top five quarterback for fantasy. So yeah. he's still being he's still ranked as a top five quarterback for me this week, top six wherever I have him. But he had a so. very slow start last year, so like maybe we just give him some time to get his feet underneath him. But I hope so. I hope the so. starting job will not be his if he's playing like he did. So. Are there any other matchups that you don't like this week or, or that you're kind of avoiding or temporary expectations on? Drake London was my guy that I said shouldn't be. It's a tough matchup. Garrett Wilson was another one. Brandon Cooks, I mentioned earlier that he might be banged up a little bit, but even if he does right. play, like I said, he's going to be getting the DJ raid, Sauce Gardner treatment. Yeah. 
He ran 84% of his he, he, snaps a, on the outside. He's a bench. He's a bench this yeah. week. Oh, you just 100%. Wanna, just, just leave him on your bench. Yep, don't drop that's him. That's what I would Leave do. him on your bench. <laughs> no, definitely. Don't, don't drop him. Definitely not. But yeah. But some people also... might get tempted because, you know, they, they see the low output week one. He can't play week two. They get tempted because there's so many like not, shiny new objects on the waiver yeah. wire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So what have you done for me? Lately? And also, yeah. Cooks wasn't no drafted. Yeah. You didn't draft him as a starter either. Right. You draft him as nope. a depth piece who could potentially become a wide receiver three. Um, yeah. But I still think he can do that. It just let's, let him get over mm-hmm. this matchup and let him get over this injury. Yeah. It, it's um, apparently it's like fine, but it was enough to put him on the injury report. So it's like not a big fan. Yeah. Devonta Adams is going to get some more shadow treatment potentially this week by Tredavious White. Um, he did follow Garrett Wilson for the most part on Monday night, but I'm not worried about this one personally. No. Like Tredavious White is not on the level of um, Patrick Sertan at this point no. of his career. So I'm not, not worried White, about that at all. When was he good? Was that like 2018 or 19? <laughs> he hasn't I mean, been no, good the past. He was, he was good. Yeah, I would say last season, the year before, and you know he got hurt. You know he was out yeah. for a while, maybe for the year, I think. And then, uh, you know, now he's not. He's just not the same player. You know, so he no. was a very, very good shutdown corner. He still shadows. Um, and you know, it was really if Aaron Rodgers was playing yesterday, I think Guy Wilson would have been just fine. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. Anybody else? Uh, DJ Moore might get shadowed by Carlton Davis this week. I, I don't love that either. Um, you know, I think DJ Moore has had good games against Carlton Davis before, but you know, it was with other quarterbacks. So we'll see how that how that ends up going. Um, any other matchups you wanted to highlight as being positive? And be positive? I don't know. I think DeAndre Hopkins, you know, if he's going to get the target okay. share that he did, he's got a much better matchup against the Chargers secondary this week. J.C. Jackson allowed a lot of yards. Um, he did. Obviously, it's Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle instead of DeAndre Hopkins and a run-first offense. But I think you could definitely look at higher efficiency this week with DeAndre Hopkins than he had last week. If he gets that same target share, I think he could be in for 100 yards. You know, like that's going to be plenty startable. I don't think it's a bad matchup. And then also on the other side of the ball, like Mike Williams playing against Christian Fulton, he was a liability in coverage. Like I'm definitely looking at him, looking at him as somebody that I could start this week who had a pretty quiet week one. Um, I'm definitely looking at that as a good matchup. So that game has a couple guys, but outside of that, nothing really jumped out to me. What about Zay Jones, man, against Kansas City? Um, you know, we saw. Like last week, you know, these these perimeter wide receivers, it wasn't just Amon Ra doing doing his thing, right? Um, yeah. Uh, we had Josh Reynolds <laughs> getting on the box score, right? <laughs> uh, Tyler loved him as a waiver wire pickup this week, and I think, you know, he did perform there. But Zay Jones, you know, Kansas City gave up the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers last week against the Lions. So this could be an opportunity where you can sn- kind of put Zay Jones in your lineup, a little sneaky. Little sneaky play, yeah. okay. This one, it's, I, I, it's not I think just I'm a more with that. Calvin Ridley. Yeah, it's going to be I, a high-scoring game. Slot, it's going to be a high-scoring game, so you got to target yeah. it, right? Um, and Calvin Ridley, you know, coming out the slot, you know, not playing in those in those two wide receiver packages. I listen, man. I think Zay Jones is going to have a decent year this year. A go, yeah, uh, you know, across the field from Calvin Ridley. Is yeah, this like a career Christian, year for Zay Jones? For Zay Jones, <laughs> I don't know. Might be, but Christian Kirk. Just, just a little side note here. I'm surprised Christian Kirk isn't being utilized as much as he was last year. And you know, Zay Jones is good, and I get it. Like, there's if the game plan's working, that's fine. But like Christian Kirk, he was pretty good last year. So it's interesting just to me to see 
Like he didn't do anything wrong to make you say, well, he should be off the field, but he's not playing as much as he did last season. If I'm Christian Kirk, I might even be a little bit happy because he got that massive contract. And now your workload gets stepped back. Your team is still going to be winning. You know, like you're just on a rotational contract. Yep. And you're just making your money. Like that's got to be a pretty good gig. (laughs) Well, you know what? Um, If you looked at those charts that Seth Walder put up, you know, from ESPN last year, Zay Jones was actually one of the best press coverage man beaters getting the most separation of any wide receiver in the league. Like he was up there with like the top guys, not the best zone beater. That was Chris. That was Christian Kirk all day, um, but in terms of man coverage, dude, Zay Jones is that dude. So, um, yeah. you know, not super surprising that he was able to kind of catch up last year a little bit um, towards the end of the year. Yeah, Zay don't like the zones. He likes the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I I think how, how are you looking at Cleveland this week, man? Because Cleveland like literally shut down Joe Burrow and that offense, uh, and now Kenny Pickett, you know, has to face him. Right, right. They couldn't get anything going against the 49ers last week, right? Cleveland gave up the yeah. least amount of perimeter fantasy points to wide receivers, to perimeter wide receivers last week, and the perimeter wide receivers were Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. So now, does that mean that George Pickens is going to do something here? I don't think so. Right? <laughs> is the matchup fantastic? No. But do I think the Browns' defense is as good as they showed in week one? No. <laughs> they got an assist from the weather in that game. And when do you see T. Higgins get seven, eight targets and not a single catch? Like, that was just an outlier of outliers. We've seen the Bengals do this before where they have a terrible week one. Joe Burrow was not playing well. It's going to be a tougher matchup for sure. But I'm definitely not walking into this and th- thinking this is going to be another 49er Steelers game. Now, if that happens, I'm going to look like an idiot. But <laughs> I don't think that this Brown secondary is as scary as they were last week. And I think that Pittsburgh has the talent to overcome that. Pat Fryermuth is going to be getting catches. George Pickens. Now, George Pickens, we, we can go back to this like we just talked about it. Do I think he's going to be getting a bunch of targets? No. But I think that there will be enough to go around and that the game is going to be closer than what we saw from either team's game in week one. So. I'm pumping the brakes a little bit. I have a little hesitation, but I'm not pulling George Pickens out because I think, oh, well, the Browns are just going to shut him down. Like, no. I'll start George Pickens as a flex, happily. I hear that, man. Where are you you at with Puka Nakua this week? Puka Nakua, you know, he's the hot waiver wire out of the week. Where would you rank him? And I think you're going to be surprised. As to where I'm putting him this week. I'm probably going to be surprised as to where you're putting him. But they're playing the 49ers. So is this a good look? <laughs> no. But they do have Matthew Stafford playing a lot better this season than anything we saw from him last season. And clearly he trusts Puka Nakua. Threw the ball at him 15 times. Caught it 10 times. So for me, I'm looking at as there's nobody else really in this offense. I mean, Tutu Atwell had targets, yes. But not like Puka Nakua. If Puka Nakua is going to be the wide receiver one, I think I'll put him. Well, where? Let's see. Who who are we just ranked? Garrett Wilson. We just ranked him as like a top twenty, top eighteen. I think I yeah, put Puka Nakua. I kind of yeah. Go ahead. I think I put Puka Nakua just behind him, like a fringe 
wide receiver too. Like, so I, I'm looking at like wide receiver 23, 21, somewhere in there. What do you think? I love it. Yeah. I have him. I'm going to be having him around wide receiver 20 on the week. All right. Yeah. 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 I, that's kind of where I, I have like, him. I think to a certain point, you can be worried about the matchup, but then you also look at the volume that he got. And it's just like, that's undeniable. And there's nobody else that's going to be drawing targets. You don't want to overreact to week one, but that was way better than what anybody was expecting from Puka Nakua. And I think we can ride that wave in the week two. I'm not super worried about the matchup, to be honest with you. You know, this secondary isn't that great. I think the Steelers were just in a bad spot, um, you know, in week one. They were not prepared, I think. Um, and I think, you know, this week, you know, listen, this is Sean McVay, right? Like, he's going to be – he's he dialed he, – he basically schemed Puka up in this Cooper Cup role, um, and that's yeah. exactly what he did. Um, you know, last week the 49ers, they gave up out of the slot the 10th most fantasy points so, to, to slot wide receivers last week. So it wasn't all bad. Right, they still gave up some points. They gave they gave up a lot of catches, right, to Allen Robinson exactly. and yeah, you know, Calvin, Calvin Austin. Austin. And, yep. You know what I'm saying? So like, and Deontay Johnson before he got hurt. So it's not like these these guys were off the off the off the board. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they were still they gave up some points. You know, and I know that they obviously had to. They were in a negative game script the entire time, so a lot of catches they had to. You know, they 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 had to throw it a lot. But I think that's what the Rams are going to have to do anyway because they ain't running it against the 49ers. That's for damn sure. No. <laughs> I, I wouldn't try that. <laughs> what about Kyron Williams? Uh, where where are you at with him? Um, are you looking at Kyron Williams as a you know flex play? Are you playing him over Cam Makers? First of all, yes, yes. Okay, I would. And then where are you where where are you with him? Are you is he a top thirty running back for you? Is he a top twenty five running back? Is he somebody that you you know, now obviously this week, tough matchup, dude. Like I don't want him in my lineup. Right. But rest of the way, can you see Kyron Williams as somebody who emerges out of this backfield, or is this a Daryl Henderson, you know, type of situation where you know Daryl Henderson gets all the work early in the season and then kind of fades away at some point? I can see this being the Daryl Henderson situation, but I think it can last a little bit longer than Daryl Henderson did last year. Kyron Williams. Did he look like great to you? <laughs> like anybody can beat one point whatever yards per carry, which Cam Akers was doing last week. Anybody can beat that. So, of course, relative to garbage, you know, like cardboard's going to look pretty good. <laughs> so, Kyron Williams, I'm not, I don't want to take away from what he did. He did score two touchdowns. He got usage at the goal line, which is what you want for Cam Akers. But if Cam Akers are going to be getting that and Kyron Williams is going to be just a little bit more efficient, like, the coaches, they're just going to go with Kyron Williams, whoever's doing more for the team at this point. They've been through this with Cam Akers before. So I don't want to trust Cam Akers. I also don't want to trust Kyron Williams. But if you're short at running back and Kyron Williams is all you got, like like you said, this week, I'm not sure you want to play him. But for the next three, four weeks, I could see him doing more than Cam Akers. I don't really know what to do with Cam Akers at this point. I have him on my team, I think, in our league. And I'm not starting him this week for obvious reasons. You don't trust either of these guys against the 49ers. But I feel safer moving forward if I have Kyron Williams for the next four weeks in the short term than I do if I have Cam Akers. All right. I hear that, man. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Uh, you know, I, I am traveling this weekend. I am going to try to get another podcast out uh, tomorrow so that you guys can uh, – 
have something else to listen to, but also kind of get into a little bit more detail uh, in some of these matchups going into the weekend and also talk about some underdog pickums as well. So uh, I'm, I'm going to try to be back tomorrow and then we'll kind of go from there. So I appreciate you guys. Um, again, if you want our rankings, it's going to be at upperhandfantasy.com. Um, you can go straight there to go check that out. With the rankings up there, every week we'll have waiver wires. Um, those rankings are updated throughout the weekend as well. So as injuries break and that sort of thing, um, we're just going to um, you know, keep it going throughout the weekend. So I'll see you guys live as well on Sunday. We go live at starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. We go all the way up until 1230. So about 90 minutes live answering your start sick questions as well. Um, and yeah, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. We appreciate you. We'll talk soon. See ya. See ya.